welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course, joined as always here on our Gower, Missouri trip. Yes. Right, uh, with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Sam, it's good to have you here uh, as a traveling partner and helping me to carry the luxurious corner booth because it's quite heavy uh, to, to bring it up to see the sisters, the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. Uh, and we are joined again by Sister Scholastica. I hope you've heard some of the other shows that give us uh, some background and context about Sister Wilhelmina, about these particular sisters in this order uh, that Sister Wilhelmina founded. Uh, and and now, as we promised, we're gonna start giving you the skinny here. We're gonna tell you really what happened, sort of recount, and really we have some, we'll just call you an eyewitness, Sister Scholastica. Yes. Yeah, so you were there, right? I was there. I was yeah. there for the exhumation of Sister Wilhelmina. So we should start with, why were you exhuming her body? I mean, where, um, when you have a beautiful church like this, and she's a foundress, it kind of there's a there's a place for her, right? Yes. Yeah, so we we did originally bury her out at the corner prop the corner of the property, which was designated to be the graveyard. In fact, it was consecrated as such by Cardinal Burke. Right. And about that was about a year before Sister Wilmina was buried there at the cemetery. And the church had been completed, and for a while we were working on plans for a St. Joseph altar behind the main altar. Okay. And so as time went by, we thought, you know, it would be a good thing to reinter Sister Romina's relics there because St. Joseph is a, the patron of a happy death. And yes. every single one of the Benedictines of Mary were present at Sister Romina's passing, including the sisters who had gone to the daughter house. And I don't think the there's anybody who would say, why, why do you have the foundress's relics here? Why would you do that? You know, it's, 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 it makes sense. And it's a tradition as well. I know there's, there's other thoughts about that because she's technically not a saint yet, but there is nevertheless a very long-standing tradition in the church, especially in monasteries, to have right. the foundress in the mother house. And so we thought it would be appropriate. Um, so we, we contacted the Catholic Customs Company for the construction of the altar. The original builder had said something came up and he wasn't able to carry it out. So we set them to work. We, we came up with the design for the St. Joseph altar. We moved ahead. And in the meantime, we contacted the director of the Catholic cemeteries for the Archdiocese of Newark. Right. And there are there's protocol, and there yes. are, there are ways to do things. Yes. Right. We don't want to just kind of start getting our shovels out and let's go get sister. You know, That's it's just right. there's stuff that has to happen. That's right. So so we we made sure everything was all right, and he said yes. If you're going to reinter the relics, then you do have to see what you have right. so <laughs> so we asked what what will we have and he said at this point just bones right and so she had been uh laid to rest four years at that point yes she yes. was never never embalmed never embalmed a and very there was, simple burial yes uh she was buried the uh, two days after her death so we we stayed up with her through the night keeping mm, vigil that's a beautiful vigil yes uh, we've had i've had brother deacons yes that pass and it's like to, there's something about sitting there yes. keeping vigil that's just beautiful and we continually prayed the psalms of the dead for her taking turns so she passed away 
uh, on the vigil of the ascension mm. then we had the mass of the ascension and then we continued the vigil into the next night and then buried her on the friday after ascension and traditionally saturday after the ascension is the feast of mary queen of apostles okay so beautiful. it was beautiful in timing. that yes divine timing. yes divine timing and it brought all the sisters together because when our sisters at our foundation in ava missouri came up we were all all present in the room and you could almost tangibly feel our Lord present in the room taking Sister Wilhelmina. It was that beautiful. And that's a beautiful moment too. And then when when you buried her, again, kind of the, the one of the things about the, the sisters here is y'all do the work, yes. right? So how did the burial take place? I mean, who dug the hole? We all did. Yeah, we, yeah, we took turns. Um, not not every single one of us, but we had well, those uh, a few can, right. crews, crews of sisters while others were taking turns with the vigils uh, around her coffin, which again was a plain coffin. There was no kind of finish on it that would explain any kind of preservation. And it, it's a, basically a wooden box. Just a wooden box, that's right. And, and that's a right. pine box. Right, and there was, it would, which is obviously not gonna last a terribly long time, but then also there's uh, no like, concrete vault or anything. That's right, so we put her right in the ground. Um, now, some people say we were all surprised. I can't say we were all surprised because as we were keeping vigil around her body, we noticed more and more how beautiful she looked. And she was looking more beautiful the longer we kept vigil. And usually they say the opposite should be happening. You should start to be seeing signs of decomposition even within a day and a half. Right. And we were seeing the opposite. We were seeing her become more and more beautiful. Her smile. You could, like if you were a skeptic, you could explain that away with like, well, you had such a devotion to her. And she was, no. right? But I'm just saying that a yeah. skeptic might say that. But yes. you're sitting here telling me that like, no, there was something profound even then. Yes, yes. And we could see even her smile was broadening before. And not, not just the regular sinking. I mean, it was her lips were moving up. Wow. And so, so that's... That was kind of a tip-off to us that maybe something might happen. You know, you hope for these things, but right. sometimes it's, well, you know, you read about these things, too, and you don't actually think it would happen to you. In fact, when the sisters were digging the grave, uh, we got to the bottom, and there was some water at the bottom. And sister, one sister said to the other, oh, I feel so bad. We should try to fill in this water here. You know, it's, it's really, we shouldn't. It's just hard to put someone you love right into in this. a mud bath, or right? Right, and and you know, just a very small puddle. But all the same, she, she just felt bad about that. And and sister, the other sister turned to her and said, "Well, then it'll just be a bigger miracle when she's interrupted yeah. and we dig her up." <laughs> but we weren't thinking. We weren't thinking that would be us. The same sisters right. who dug the grave would be the same sisters to dig her up. That's and a find beautiful, her positive sentiment, though. Yes. And a very faithful yes. uh, sentiment. But I mean, it is a, a great point. I mean, if there's water present, that would as a matter of common sense, then in the normal course, it would add to the decom decomposition process. Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. So, so it was wet clay, and so people say, well, if it's a high alkaline content in the soil, if it's a soapy soil, we didn't have any of those things. It was, right. it's this is acidic soil, very much uh, prone to make things decompose more quickly, not less quickly. And actually, the the pine box didn't make it right. So, like by the time you were digging. Uh, you were exhuming um, Sister Wilhelmina, water and dirt both got had gotten into the pine box That's already. Right. That's right. So it wasn't like we were dealing with a box that was preserving her. It was cracked. Right. right. Now, then, when you did put her in, there, there, you, there was a, a, a thing around her 
jaw. We see this sometimes in like the movies and stuff. We yes. think, do we still do that? And, and, and yours was a very traditional, simple, really kind of an ancient practice. Yes. And so describe that linen that was used. And Well, we cut a new piece of linen and we tied it around her jaw. And it's to keep, to keep the mouth closed because right, the it muscles, will naturally right. fall, fall back open. So I was there when we were putting the linen band around her. And then we put her habit back on her. So it wasn't like it was a new habit. It was the habit she had been wearing for several years. Right. And so we we put her... Her veil, her we call the this a balor. It's like a wimple, the scapular, the the habit, and also what we call a kukula, which is a very large full garment, it's a little like a chasuble, but mm-hmm. it's not not quite. We just wear it for the the major hours of the divine office, and so we cut that to fit around her, the, okay. the kukula, and so we put a crown of flowers on her head. We put her profession candle in her hand, and we put her in the coffin which we had lined with satin. It's important. So when the actual time came to exhume her, it yeah, took... Yeah, so four years have passed yes, now four, at this point. So years. you buried her yes. four years, and it's four years of like, okay, Sister Wilhelmina's gone, we're doing this, and we're starting to build, and you're you're probably feeling the graces already. You're yes. already... Your, your order is getting... Uh, just it's starting to, to take off, and people are, you know, and it's a beautiful, everything's good, right? Yes. But it's four years. Yes, yes. So four years, and, and again, that priest said, expect bones. Uh, another doctor who came said, not even bones, sometimes it's just dust at this point. Yeah. You know, if, if, it's, if the circumstances are the way they've been described. So it took us longer to dig the, the hole the second time because we had to be that much more careful. Well, and, right. and what would you say... So you've got this, the scientific expectations have been set of bones at best, if not dust. Would you say, was, was the, what was the, the sort of the spirit of the sisters at the time? Were some of them, were they nervous and worried about what they were going to see? Or is there a hopefulness? Uh, what would you say sort of the... the I, I think we had a hopefulness. And, and I was thinking, you know, even if it is just bones, we still, I, I think we need her to have her back in the church. Oh. But again... I think there was that, that idea of, of hopefulness in terms of anticipation, but we almost didn't dare hope that much because, uh, again, there's only 200 documented cases of incorruptibles in the church. So it's a very rare miracle. Yes. Now, when we actually got to the coffin, you know, they, they called Mother Abbas out. She took a look, and, and uh, we, were, we were surprised that the coffin had held its shape and hadn't collapsed because right. it was a very tight-fitting uh, coffin. Uh, so we we got to the coffin. We got some ropes under it, and at that point, all of the sisters wanted to be there. So right. Mother Abbas made them all turn around uh, while we were just sizing up the situation. Because initially, the top was covered with dirt, but as we were clearing away the dirt, we realized there was a very large crack all the way down the top of the coffin lid, and it was probably about four inches at widest. So quite a lot of dirt had gotten in. Yeah. So so to argue that she wasn't exposed to the elements, that's not really valid because you've got four inches of water, right. dirt, right air on top. getting in right. there. Right, right, at, right, where, right where her body was. So uh, we, we hoisted it up, we cleared away the dirt, and as the dirt's clearing away, we're thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure what, what to do here because, uh, because so much had fallen in, we could tell. Right. And so... Mother Abbas had all the sisters turned around, and she was handed a flashlight. And I said to her, "Mother Abbas, why was did this you... at night or?" No, actually, it was about it was 
late afternoon and oh so uh, but she wanted to get a look into the into the coffin okay. because it was very dark inside the coffin so she sh- she shone the flashlight and i said maybe maybe look at her feet and so she shone the flashlight down the crack toward the feet and i i'll never forget it she she had her head down and then all of a sudden she popped her head back up with her eyes as big as saucers mm. and and she said i didn't just see that and she looked again and she screamed and it was i've never heard her scream like that i don't think i ever will hear it again uh but then she she cried out i i see her foot and she she handed me the flashlight next and i looked and sure enough there was her foot as full as the day we had buried her uh, you could still see the hanes uh brand on the sock wow it was that i mean it was so perfect perfectly intact and this was after after it had been exposed but you could still see that that foot so it, it was interesting because that was one of the first things after we actually unscrewed the lid sisters just kept going up and and kind of squishing her toe because it, it felt like a living foot it was it was completely full wow that beautiful. is incredible yes that's so, incredible now we don't get any sponsorship money from haynes just, <laughs> so, we're, just so we're clear here uh, and, and there's no and by the way also there's no odor at all at this point that's right that's yes. right so that was another thing so uh so we unscrewed the lid uh we we had our chaplain come over and at first mother i thought that maybe she was partially incorrupt because the dirt had fallen in in such a way that we thought perhaps it was bones but then as we look closer, we know, oh, no, 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 the dirt just fell in in such a way that it looked almost like bones. Once we cleared away that dirt, we said, she's there. She's all there. And um, unfortunately, the, the largest part of the crack was over her face. So it had actually pressed in on the face. It pushed one of the eyes further back into the socket. Right. And so we took out Ann Ball's incorruptibles because we don't know what we're doing. It's not like you can dial some hotline for the Vatican and say, what do you do? (laughs) Incorruptibles.com. Exactly. It's not like there's any instructions for this kind of thing. So as we were reading through uh, and and doing some other research as well, it is quite, quite common to have wax put on the face. And I think for this very reason, Padre Pio is one of the best examples where they exhumed him and they said, yes, there was significant damage to I think the Claire face. of Assisi has also got yes. a wax mask. On. Yes, yes. And in fact, it's very rare for them not to. But her eyeballs are still present. You can still see them. Uh, her, her nose, her mouth, her lips, everything. You could even see, see hair. You could see, her hair actually grew. The hair on her scalp grew about half an inch and it turned a beautiful golden color. I don't know. That's something I don't know about, and I. I wow! Have but, you're, but you're just describing what you all saw. Now, exactly. at this point, is have you have you brought her in somewhere? Yes, yes. So we and we, you're further examining and, and taking. Because yes. I imagine this is a kind of a timely process. Yes, yes, indeed it is. And consuming. that's. I think this is something we're under the illusion that it might just be like Sleeping Beauty. You just bring her up, and there she is. And that wasn't the case at all. So we processed back. We were singing. Our chaplain said it was the most beautiful singing he had ever heard in his life as we were walking back to the the house here, and we brought her to uh, this porch that uh, right right outside where we're speaking here, and they set the coffin on the ground, and that was the first time that we realized that all the coffin lining was gone. So the satin that the was lining was, was gone. The poster board was gone. There were there were bits of tape left because it was plastic, but that was completely disintegrated, gone. And there were roots growing in. There were all kinds of there was all kinds of dirt and mold, but she was there, completely intact. 
And not only was she completely intact, her habit was completely intact. And that's amazing. Now, what about this linen band that was wrapped yes, around so, her so, chin? Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't finish describing that. So that linen band that we tied around her to keep her mouth shut was uh, one of the only things that was starting to disintegrate that was actually touching her. So that Sister Misericordia, when she was handling it, said it's the way everything else should have been. It was like rotting newspaper. Right. So when, if you touch it, you're not going to be able to handle it long. It's going to kind of right. crumble in your fingers. That's right. So she was pulling it off in pieces off of Sister Romina's face, and the skin was still completely intact underneath. And so the new linen band had rotted and was right next to her used cotton velour. And this is one that was fiber. well worn. It wasn't yes. like it was a new one they put her in. No, no. This was this was well well worn, natural fibers, and it was completely intact. Her habit her, was made of wool, also completely intact. Her her veil made of synthetic material was also completely intact. So you've got three different kinds of material, all withstanding the test of time, remaining completely intact. We pulled up the corner of the kukula that I mentioned that we cut. You could still see the threads hanging down like it had been just cut that day. Wow. Everything that was touching her was completely intact. Even the pillow that was under her head was intact. What about the flowers? The flowers had been dried in place on her head, the crown of flowers. The the flowers around her candle were also dried in place. And the gossamer thin ribbon that was around her profession candle was also completely intact. So now as you're seeing all this, right? And and you probably had a little little time, maybe a couple of days to process as you're sort of finding out more and more. And I know that there's still got to be an excitement. and and, and, And you're thinking like, wow, what maybe... Maybe even a little dreamy, like what this could mean, et cetera, yes. et cetera. But really, there also is this reality of like, what are we supposed to do? Yes. And then you're obviously realizing that like, well, I don't know that we're going to have the same little marble placement of relics in yes. this St. Joseph altar. What are we? We're thinking glass case now. Right? We're thinking right. we, we got to go back to the drawing board on this. That's right. So I, I was able to reach out to the Catholic Customs Company and explain the situation. I said, well, we just dug her up. And she's incorrupt. And the, I'm sure there was a little weird pause yes, at the other side of that. Yes, yes. So they were the first ones to know, really. Uh, Mark Gabriel and uh, Andrew Kolf were the names of the, the woodworkers. And being Catholics, they understood right away, okay, this means a change. This means we're going to have to put a glass front on. But already, because they were Catholic, they connected right away. They said, okay, we know what to do. And they said, it's so good that we're doing this, because if, if you had been working with another company, they would have been wondering what in the world you're talking about but yeah. we know incorruptible that means a, a completely different situation especially for the the saint joseph uh, altar shrine and so they they set to work right away at making it into more of a display a, you know it sounds so bad display case but you have to treat incorruptibles very differently from uh, just bones you know? uh, absolutely and and i guess it's it's really too early in the game even though you're starting to think like that about like what uh, what's going to happen, right? Because I mean, word got out pretty quick. Yes. How did the word get out? Yes, that was actually it was through a leaked email. Okay. So a personal email was sent. Um, sister's uh, family had come right around the time that she was being exhumed, and they told other people, and they asked for verification, and so word began to get out that way but once that email went out and you're not going to keep something like that secret to be honest with you it's going to get out pretty quick with with so few incorruptibles uh and so this gets out baskets are only so big (laughs) (laughs) well and and so you're you're used to having um you know 
for the time you've been here, you know, a few extra people that kind of come for your daily mm-hmm. masses. Mm-hmm. But that first weekend was probably a yes. sight to see. Well, it actually it gained momentum. So it was really by Memorial Day that we really saw the peak because it was picking up more and more media coverage. And something that really astonished us was how much interest even the secular media paid and, and gave to this because it's, it's a little bit strange, this, this concept that we That's have right. of incorruptibility. But I was really surprised, too, at how respectful they were in treating it. Now, of course, they always bring in the, the skeptics saying, well, you know, under these, as they say, That's right. Goldilocks conditions, this is possible. But for the most part, that was... Um, that was very minimal compared to the outreach we were having, the outpouring of support and belief. I mean, ultimately, you started to get to the point where there were like 50,000 people that came over That's a weekend. Right. That's and right. And that is huge. I mean, we've been here, and we love this place uh, in our short time here, and it's not huge. Like 50,000, right. that's a lot of people. It was, it was. So originally we had her in the parlor. That was too, that was too small a space. We put her in the church, still too small a space. So we finally moved her into the church basement where we had a constant stream of people. They were going all the way out, out and down the driveway uh, trying to get in to see her. And, you know, there's different ways to do it, but we, we thought, you know, it, it more or less happened organically that we cleaned her and then we had her out and then people began to... to uh, to come to visit her and they said no they wanted to see her before she was in in the shrine and and I think that was the rush of people they wanted to see for themselves this beautiful gift that God had given us in Sister Wilmina's incorruptibility because it's it's a not so much a living proof of course because she's she's gone to be with the Lord but a sign to those of us who are living it's a tangible sign right right literally you can touch that sign right right and so so many people had that idea I need to see this for myself I need to have my own belief confirmed in this that this life is not it and that's what incorruptibility shows that there's this resistance to the effects of the fall especially death that's the worst curse this is the greatest disorder is death yeah and Christ came to give us life and so sister Wilhelmina's defiance of death and its effects is a, a sign pointing to Christ, her bridegroom. And that's that's really the beauty of the habit as well. So we had a crew of doctors and a coroner, the county coroner and the sheriff, they all came to, to examine her. Uh, they tried to do an ultrasound to see if, you know, her Organs heart's, and whatnot. Yes. And, and unfortunately, there's a, there's a slight, there's just enough of a pocket between her skin and the rest of her that they weren't able to pick up uh, what was underneath. But nevertheless, uh, everything was very much intact, and uh, it was interesting too because the coroner, who I do not believe is Catholic, uh, came, and and Mother Abbas said, or oh, I'm sorry, it smells a little bit because it smelled a little bit of the mold. Was after we had cleaned her, you could still smell a little bit of the mold. And the coroner just looked at her and said, "This does not smell." <laughs> yeah, that's right, because he knows that smell. Right? He's, that's right. He's been that's in right. the he's been in the biz. That's right. And and she said, uh, "Absolutely." All the doctors were saying, "This is this is remarkable." But again, the habit. There is no way this is possible. Absolutely no way that you can have natural materials under the ground for four years with no damage whatsoever. And I visited. So I was there. You know the. The weekend of Pentecost. It was that Saturday. Was the day yeah, I was going to say because we have we have somebody sitting in the table other than you. Yeah. That, that made a pilgrimage. That mm-hmm. I did. Up. I, yeah. Yes. Just as a last minute thing, I just I felt prompted. 
uh, to call a friend, and uh, he, you know, I thought, you know, maybe he's just crazy enough at the last minute to just drive. How about tonight. a road trip? Yeah, exactly. I heard there's this sister. You yes, and, it, and then it just so happened another mutual friend of ours who was who was from California was also making a trip there, and so we all ended up uh, by Holy Spirit, you yes. know, coming together that same day, which was crazy. And 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 yeah, it wasn't until I got back home and someone asked me, uh, "Was there a smell?" It didn't even cross my mind that there could be one, you right. know, because you're just there and there she is, and it's and she's incorrupt. I'll tell you the first thing that I experienced there were like. Because you had people from the way it was set up in that room, you had two lines. People would come either from to her left side or to her right side, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a young man. He was, I think, in his early twenties. Looked athletic, like a jock, kind of like a basketball player. I think he even had like you know gym clothes on, if I'm not yes. mistaken, or something similar to that. The moment it was his time to walk up, this young man fell to his knees and just started bawling. He just started crying, and I just was like, "This, wow." You know what I mean? Yes. Right. Like that's, just and that's touching probably, people. Yes. Probably one of, of many sisters. So many people came, people who weren't Catholic, people who were yes. from different, uh, you know, uh, Christian religions who were like moved to come yes. and experience. Yes, a great many non Catholics, which was something I think that surprised us all because we thought non Catholics would be looking at us saying, this is just weird. But no, that wasn't what happened. So, still, still. This is still happening, right? So it's not too late to come and visit Sister Wilhelmina. In fact, I think she's going to be there for a while. Yes. Right? So we, we invite people to come to the uh, Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, uh, to the Abbey here in Gower, Missouri. And it's just a beautiful sight to see. Uh, it's very peaceful. It's very powerful. Uh, and then to hear the beautiful music, the beautiful liturgies to experience, uh, and just to be part of all this stuff, is uh, it's a marvel in our time. Yes. Right, it's something that that God has given us as a sign to help us to know that, like, hey, I got this thing. Yes. <laughs> right, and we just need we need to know that, and we live in a world that's so desperate mm-hmm. for a sign. Mm-hmm. We're looking, we're waiting for aliens, we're looking for scientific things and miracles, and we see all these different things, and yet here's a sign that's so simple yes. and so beautiful, and it points directly to Jesus. That's right. That's right. And that's so wonderful. So what a what a marvelous story. What a wonderful opportunity. So, Sister, thanks again for sharing all these sort of eyewitness accounts uh, um, and the details here. Yes. It's been so it's been so powerful and so beautiful. And I thank you for doing that. Oh no, thank you. And I thank God for allowing that to happen to us. Amen. Well, let's ask the Blessed Mother to continue to watch over us and lead us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.